0: Did you know, uh, I think the, the word is for us, you know, Ricky, do you know, <laughs> you know, I mean we get, we're, we're coming down this stretch that we're doing these series of uh, statements in relationship to amazing grace of God and it culminates in Christmas and this is what it's all about and today I've got the original, the first assignment of, of speaking about the promises of God. And uh, every week will be somebody different speaking about this. And, and uh, the title God gave me, it's kind of long, which is, I say, God, this is not a normal good thing for sermon titles, but the real Christmas gift, the gift of the promise of grace and the grace of promises. Now, that's, that's the latter statement, sort of a riddle, the gift of the promise of grace and the grace of promises. What does that mean? What does that mean? One of the things is Paula had really done good in our family, I'm really blessed and thankful for, that was constantly she was doing things to that there would be meaning, like we did the nativity every day when we started the day. uh, I think it was the nativity, is Paula? Yeah, baby, what was the thing every day, 24 days? Advent, Advent. Nativity was the four candles, right? Five candles. Huh? What is that called? Yeah, we had, every day we had these passages of Scripture that told the story of Jesus. And it's really kind of exciting for us today. Even the kids are grown up. We still do it. And, of course, the culminating thing on the 25th was you had to repeat the whole story and you got to put the star on the the, uh, top of the Christmas tree, the tree that it was sort of, there were these pockets these verses were in. And Shay and Michelle fought over who got to put the tree, on, I mean, the star on top of the tree. In fact, Shay went as to far to steal the star <laughs> and kept it when he moved to Charlotte. He kept the star. We saw it one day on his, his dresser when he went to visit him. But in all of that stuff uh, that Paula did, and I can't even think of the terms, but I always remember what it was all about, was that would had meaning that we wouldn't lose sight of what Christmas was all about. And I pray that today that there's some revelations of what this season can be about. And first thing today is promise. There's three key words, gift, grace, and promise. Everything in the next few weeks is going to be about amazing grace. But let's see how this all fits, gift, grace, and promise. And and so I want to start off with this way because... That the heart is, is that this will be a search, a journey, that we would long for. Really, what is Christmas all about? And uh, and I wanted to start off was is just looking at the Old Testament prophets, how they were longing and looking for this event. And so let's notice this passage in First Peter chapter one. It says, "As to the salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come." To you, made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as He predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. Man, the prophets are longing to look for, literally, longing to look for this day. The salvation to come. And we see this one in relationship to Simeon. Let's go on. And when uh, This is later on when Jesus is brought into the, te- the temple. And Simeon, a righteous man, a man who was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him and had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. Go to the next slide. And, and this is what he said. And bless God. And now, you're, now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all, all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. These people longing, looking for. It. There's something within them saying, this thing, what's up? Now, what I want to ask to happen is it? Let's think about. Here's time. Here's when Jesus burst on the scene. Christmas. We're gonna call it Christmas. Literally, Christ must M A S Mass. Uh, I was looked that up, and it literally means mission. A Latin derivative meaning the mission. Christ mission. Christmas. Christ mission. So, the prophets here are looking intensely for this time. And what our heart is is that we're going. Wait a minute, what is all this time? What was this? If we catch revelation of this, I believe it will affect here. And so, but let's catch the heart of the prophets of old and the old people in the Old Testament, how they were longing for this. And and you'll see in your notes, why were they intensely looking for the grace or the salvation to come? And I just want to rattle off some things here real quick. Why they were looking intensely. First off, look at this passage in Psalm 89, verse Verse 48, literally the Old Testament saints, their destiny was a place called Sheol or Hades. Sheol is the Old Testament word. In Psalm 89, 48, what man can live and not see death? He, and can he deliver his soul from the power of Sheol? See, people who died in the Old Testament before Jesus died on the cross, their destiny was Hades. The Greek word Sheol, the Old Testament, which we know is was in the center of the earth, they do not have the privilege of like what we have today, and i 'll talk about that in a second, but their destiny they knew that if they died, they went to shield and you 'll see in your notes a passage in Luke chapter chapter sixteen verse third i mean uh, i 'm sorry verse nineteen following were Lazarus and the rich man when Lazarus died, he was there in abraham 's bosom, and there he had interaction with with uh, the rich man who was on the other side of Hades, where there's a great chasm fixed, and this guy's in torment, and this guy's being comforted in Abraham's bosom. That's not heaven. That's, she- that's Hades or Sheol. Sheol, like I said before, it'll be the, he- the Hebrew word, Hades would be the Old Testament. So when people died, these guys died, they had nothing to look forward to into heaven at that time. And then what else? Why else was it such a big thing for them? Notice this passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. Their destiny was slavery. Because why? Not knowing Jesus your Lord and Savior, for a gospel is veiled, is veiled to there's a person, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. go on to the next slide in Isaiah, I mean in Acts 26, 18, where it says. The, the gospel, Paul's commission with the gospel, to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light, from the, literally the authority of Satan to God. See, people who died before the cross, that literally they were under the authority of Satan. They had a destiny of Sheol or Hades. They couldn't go into the presence of God. Why? Why? Well, it's possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. They were put on the layaway plan. But the people who died on the cross, I mean, died before Jesus died on the cross, destiny of, Her- of Sheol or Hades, they lived in a time where they were under the authority of Satan. Or not only that, but in. go to the next slide in Hebrews chapter 10. There was this enslavement and continual reminder of sin because, again, the blood of Jesus does not take away sin. I mean, the blood of bulls and goats does not take away sin. There was no Way to deal with the nature of sin. And that's why you see in like this passage in Hebrews 10 for the law, and they had the law, that's all they had, which is a reminder of sin, the power of sin, can never by the same sacrifices which they continually offer year by year make perfect those who draw near. We know that Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14 tells us, for by this will we have been sanctified for all time. And then that's 10:10, 10, 10, I'm sorry, 10:14 says, Uh, For by this sacrifice, we have been made perfect for all time. Our conscience cleaned, cleared. We can stand boldly. But the Old Testament prophets did not have this privilege. The Old Testament saints did not have this privilege. Why? But in those sacrifices they made year by year, guess what? There was a reminder of sins year after year. Every time they would take a lamb and sacrifice, it was a reminder that they were sinners. But I want to say this: that outside of Christ Jesus, those destinies, I just said, are ours would be ours. What is it like I saw the passage in that Matthew chapter 25, verse 41, where it talks about um, "Depart from me accursed ones uh, to the eternal fire which was prepared for the devil and his angels. Literally, what we're seeing is outside of Christ Jesus, the frustration the Old Testament saints had could be ours also. But bless God, that's not the case. Because I want to go to the next slide here. And real, reality is, is this. I like to say this, but God. I, can we say that? But God. Is that frustration of, des- uh, you know, destinies of, uh, eternal destinies of a hell or frustration? Because literally, I'm, I'm going to put this commercial in there. If somebody does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and dies now. I just want to say this, y'all. You know, their destiny is not, hell is not, nobody is in hell right now. It's Hades, but you can see the torment side of Hades in Luke 16, and we know that Hades is emptied into the eternal fire in Revelations chapter 20, into the eternal fire, the lake of fire, which that is hell, Gehenna. I don't know, I Just some reason God just told me that, because i got to speak that, because this day and time uh, our society's going, I just keep everything nice. There is a reality outside of Jesus that eternal destiny apart from Jesus is a not cool place. And no pun intended, but it's not good. And uh, but 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 God, but God, you know, there's there's freedom from sin. But God, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But God, you know, He forgives our iniquities and He remembers them no more. I can be cleansed of my past. I don't I don't spend time wondering about I'm a failure, a sinner. I don't think about that. the questions, I've got other questions that I'm wrestling with and dealing with that sometimes it tests my faith. But, but God. And so what does Christmas mean? Why did the Old Testament prophets, why were they longing to look for this grace, this promise to come? God said, you know, just think about this. The Old Testament saints Okay, Like in Luke chapter 16, where you see the rich man going to torment side of Hades, and you see Lazarus going to Abraham's bosom. And we know that when Jesus died on the cross, he descended into Hades. He told the, he told the Pharisees, I, you know, when the Pharisees were going, give us a sign, and he says, I'll give you the sign of Jonah. Just as Jonah spent three days and three nights in the belly of the well, so shall the Son of Man spend three days and three nights in the belly of the earth center of the earth, the heart of the earth, because we know that in Ephesians chapter 4, what does it mean that he ascended on high, but that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth and led captivity captive. All those saints who died, that when Jesus died on the cross, when this one would come, they would be led captive free. And that's why they're looking forward to it. It was reality to him, and they knew it was true in them. And so Christmas, the, the grace that was to appear, this one, I mean, I guarantee a Simeon, he may not have all the theological background into it, but when he held this Jesus, Jesus, and he has revelation that this is the Christ, he's going, I can go home because today... To be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. But God. So when we think this Jesus, this Christmas, my prayer is is that the searching that was in the hearts of the Old Testament saints will be in us also. But what are we searching for? Look at this. Let's go to this, and there's a couple of things that I want to just pick out and this go to this in Romans chapter five verse 15. And, and so when I, the statement that God gave me the give was statement was this, "But God gave the Christmas gift of the promise of grace. You okay, when God gave Tulio this thing about Christmas this year about amazing grace, what was in it? Now, I'm going to read this statement again that God gave me, but God, Gave the Christmas gift of the promise of grace. Gift, promise, grace. There it is. Now, I want you to notice this passage here in Romans 5.15. You'll see two of the three things that we just said here. But the free gift is not like the transgression. That's in verse 15. Verse 12, just before this, says, For by one man sin sin entered into the world, therefore death spread to all men. Because all, what? sinned, But God. But the free gift is not like the transgression. For if by the transgression of the one, many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to the many. The gift. The gift of Jesus. The gift of Jesus. Uh, Go to the next one. Get this one. This one is in Acts chapter 23, and it picks up the theme of the promises. So, what you got this thing is you got this promise of grace, a gift of grace, a gift of promises. Notice this, according to the promise God brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, and we preach to you the good news of the promise made to the fathers, that God has fulfilled this promise to our children and that he raised Jesus from the dead. A promise, a gift of grace, a promise of grace that God's given. So think of this first. Notice the gift here, y'all. What is the gift? What is the grace? What is is grace a concept? Is grace a concept? If you'll notice this passage, grace is not a concept. It's a what? It's a person. The promise made to the fathers. Oh, I'm sorry. Go back to I'm sorry. Next slide. Back the slide pre- previous that. Yeah. Much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, to the many. You know, uh, Christmas gifts. I just got a curious question. This was in my quest. This was in me. Uh, I, I got to ask this question. I don't know why. It, maybe it'll come out at the end. But it's a stupid question. But how many of you in this room? At some point in time in your life, in your lifetime, okay, have sneak snuck a peek of a Christmas unwrapped a Christmas gift to find it out when nobody else was around. Raise your hand. Mm-hmm. That was curious. <laughs> that was me too. <laughs> Couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. But, but here's the interesting thing God said to me. Now, when you think grace... When you think grace of God, when you think promise of God, now I want you to think there's two things we've got to pick up here. When you think Christmas, think gift, think promise. Singular. Now, God told me to do this with Danielle, so here I give. Come here, Danielle. You've got to come up here. Can, and uh, Aletheia, can you crank this thing up? This up? Okay. This is pretend because what's in here I won't back. So, but, okay, so she receives a gift, okay? Now, she opens the gift, okay? now open it, and it's, what's the gift? It's the cross. It's Jesus. And then God told me to write a check to Danielle, but tell him what's on the check. I I had to doctor this.
1: I can't really read this. Eternal life from the bank of heaven, my life and everything that I am, Jesus Christ, signed by Jesus Christ.
0: So Jesus gives Danielle a check for everything. <laughs> so what does Christmas mean to Danielle? A promise. Of him what? Of himself. I, 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 don't want, you, I want to repeat this. No, you read it because it's to you. I was just writing it down.
1: It was from Jesus Christ, right hand of the Father, I guess. Oh,
0: no, no. Yeah, but this part.
1: Okay. My life and everything I am.
0: That's what Jesus did. See, when he came, it was an expression of a promise to Danielle, that, Danielle, I give you everything that I am. I lay it all down. Not only I give you my blood, I'd not like to give you my life on the cross, but everything that I am, all my inheritance, Danielle, I give to you. I write a check to you. I give you myself. Amen? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. i give me my cross back. (laughs) You can keep the check. He told me to write that for you. Uh, Dustin Wauer made this for me, that's why. I, I started to give it away, but I go, oh, I can't give Dustin's cross away. <laughs> it, sits on my, it sits above my desk. But so, when you think Christmas, the promises of grace, think, first off, a singular promise in relationship to Jesus. Gift of grace, singular, Him. Now, I want you to notice the second thing under this heading. Notice God also in Christ Jesus graced us with promises. Now, what am I saying? See, there was a singular promise, but then there's plural promises. What does Christmas mean? Well, Christmas means there is a gift of grace in the person of Jesus Christ. But Danielle gets the person of Jesus. But guess what Danielle gets also with this person, Jesus? He she gets everything that comes with him. And so notice this passage: for as many as be the promises of God, in him they are yes. Now, when you think, you know, how many of y'all like when you get Christmas gifts? There's one thing you get Christmas gifts like in a bag or a box. But you know, when you get older, you like Christmas gifts in envelopes. Is <laughs> what my kids call sausage Monday. Monday. It's a long story, but <laughs> yeah, with my family, Shay and Michelle, you cannot figure stuff out. But but you look for the envelopes. That's what you like. And so, what Danielle had is a check, a promise written to her from Jesus. But what I want to invite you to do is when you think Christmas, you don't think singular, you think check books (laughs) with checks in them already signed. Isn't that what it says? For as many as the promises of God, in Him they are what? Y'all, when you sign a check, you're saying what? Yes. When Jesus gives you the Word of God and you are in Him, He says, here's the checkbook. It's signed. Take it. So when you think, okay, grace, grace, you think promise, person, singular. Jesus. Okay, cool. I'll take you, Jesus. Now, okay, I'll take you, Jesus. So, Danielle does, and I know Danielle's heart. She's taking all of Jesus. Well, guess what? Jesus goes to Danielle. Okay, cool. You take all of me? Well, you get all of me. And so, when Danielle takes all of Jesus, well, he gets, she gets Jesus' checkbook. Now, Jesus' checkbook's a whole lot better than Sizemore's checkbook, but this one especially. This is on another account. You definitely don't want. You would get one of those. It would boing. Dude, what? What am I? Oh, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Do something with that. Cool. All right. So promise. Promises. Can you say it with me? Promise. Promises. Say it one more time. Promise. Promises. At Christmas, you have gift, but because you take the gift, you get what? Gifts. Grace. That is grace. There's grace in the person of Jesus, but there's graces because you take Jesus. I'm sorry, I'm having a tough time here today. Now, when you think grace, there's something else that is important to think. You've got to think two parts, two facets to grace. And if you'll notice in your notes here how I wrote that, it says when thinking of God's grace and His promises, you've got to think two facets. Because this is a highly, highly volatile statement that I'm about to make here. Because you've heard me say this and teach this before, but the traditional definition of the Greek word for grace is, the traditional definition means unmerited favor. In other words, God just gives grace. He just gives it. You don't, you don't deserve it. And so you just get it. That's not totally true. And you've heard me say it before. If grace was totally, I'm using that phrase, totally unmerited favor, why is it that you can come short of it? In Hebrews 12, 15, where it says, See to it not to become short of the grace of God. If grace is totally unmerited favor, why is it like in the book of James, it says, God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble? If grace is totally unmerited favor, why is it that if I'm proud that I still don't get grace? If grace is totally unmerited favor, why is it is in Galatians chapter 5, verse 4? It says, You who are seeking to be justified by the law, you have been severed from Christ, you have fallen from grace. If grace is totally unmerited favor, then you would have grace no matter what the circumstance would be. The reality is, grace is not just totally unmerited favor, there is a facet of grace that is a gift. And that it is totally unmerited favor, and that's where you'll see in the notes there. I want you to. Th- I'm asking you to think in a particular way, and I'm I'm asking this not in any defiling way, but in a way that maybe we can relate to and connect to. But when you think grace of God, think bank account of heaven. And I want you to notice this passage. Think of in Christ Jesus. Watch this and. Go to the next slide in 2 Timothy 2.4. Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Remember I said a while ago, Danielle, in Christ, she gets all of who Jesus is. So when you, when you think, think reservoir in Christ, in Jesus, grace. Grace equals in Christ, equals. Everything that is in Christ, look at this, there's some other characteristics of it. Uh, Go to the next slide, please. Ephesians 1, 3. Remember? Grace equals in Christ Jesus. God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Where? In Christ. So think this reservoir, this bank account of heaven, which God, go on to the next slide, literally, He says to this, it's free gift. It's free This reservoir of heaven is free. Free. It's like, it's even greater than this. Bill Gates coming to to David and and goes, Hey, David, you know, man, you're a cool dude. I just give you my bank account, man. He'll take it. Somebody greater has done that. He says, here it is. Everything. Totally unmerited. You can't earn it. You can't do enough to get it. I give it to you. I give it to you. It's free. But, but. Notice this passage in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. That the promises of God, or notice in a note says, the checks of God release the resources of God. Very important you pick this up. Because let, let me ask this question before. I, well, after I ask it, after I read this passage. Watch this. For by these he's granted to, to us his precious and magnificent promises. Now stop. What does promise mean? You've heard me say it in here before, but make sure we're saying it again. You know what the Greek word for promise literally means? To summons upon. Literally, I don't I know the ancient Greeks didn't have checks. I don't think they did. But because they didn't have banks. <laughs> but it's interesting to me. Paid to the order of. You know, it, you know what a check is? It's a what? It's a summons upon. You summons upon a particular bank account. And so When this word says, he's given us his precious and magnificent promises in order that by them, what's the them, y'all? What does the them refer back to? The promises. By the promises, you might become a partaker of what? The divine nature. Now, y'all, how many of you, No, don't raise your hands, okay, but how many of you want to participate in the nature of God. I mean, God has not called us to walk as mere men and women. That's that passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 where Paul's speaking to the Corinthian Christians, and he says, you know, when there's jealousy and strife among you, are you not walking like mere men? I hear this argument a lot of times going, well, after all, we're only human. No, God has not called us to that. He's called us to walk as He walked. That's why He gave everything. And so what did He do to give us, to release this grace into our lives? What? Promises. Promises. So the grace of God to us, and imagine this, imagine if this was the case. Sorry, Danielle, you've got to give it back, but pretend again. But so she got that check. She got the person of Jesus. But so Jesus turns and he says, Okay, Daniel, here it is. I give you my checkbook. Now what is he giving? It? What, when he gives Jesus gives her the checkbook, what is he giving her? What? This. This. This is nothing more than a what? The checkbook of heaven. Don't think do's and don'ts, y'all. This is a checkbook of heaven. And that's how, literally how I see it. It's the knowledge of God and the promises of God. So there's a reservoir of heaven, grace of God. What releases this grace is the what? Promises of God. Example. Let me ask you a question. Okay. See, Calvinist viewpoint would say, well, whoever God wills, who gets saved? You know, you know he just... He wills people to hell because people don't accept Him. They just, that wasn't God's will. Well, I don't think that is truth. I know that it's not truth. 1 Timothy 2.4 tells me this, that it is God's will for all men to be saved, right? So He wills it. God never wills something He does not give the resources for. So in Him we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sin by His blood. I quote blotched the past scripture, but Ephesians 1.7. So God has given us the grace to receive salvation, okay? It's all there. But let me ask you a question. Is every person going to get saved? Really, is everybody going to get saved? How do we know that? What other past scripture did Jesus tell us that not everyone gets saved? Because there are universalists that tell us that, well, God's just going to, everybody's going to get saved. What past Scripture tells me is, is that what Jesus says, it says, narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, but broad is the way that goes to destruction. And many, what, go that way. So, why is not everybody getting saved? This reservoir of grace is here. It's free. Nobody can earn it. But not everybody has what? Received it. I want you to watch this passage of scripture in Romans chapter five, verse seventeen. Not everybody has cashed the promises. Watch this in five seventeen. For if by the transgression of the one death reigned through the one, much more those who what Uh, who what (laughs) receive receive what? Can we say receive what? Come on, y'all, wait a minute. Receive what? Abundance of grace. Uh, you know, it says about S- that Stephen was a man who was full of grace. It says in the early church in Acts chapter 4 that the church abundant grace was upon them all. Y'all, this passage Scripture the verb here, receive, there's a couple different ways that a receive can be. Is if it's passive tense, if this is a Calvinist view of, of grace of God, it would be a passive tense. Those who had, it, they, um, how would it be? I don't know how you'd write it. They, they got received, the grace. They, they were given. Yeah, they were given. But this Greek word is a present active participle. In other words, it tells you that the subject did the action. The subject is initiating the action. Now, God's given the grace. He's given it here. But we have to what? What? Are you receiving abundant grace or a little bit of grace? I mean, that's the question, y'all. 'cause I just told you today there's two facets of the grace of God. There's promise, Jesus. But there's also what? Promises. Are you living your life out of the checkbook of heaven? Are you living life out of your checkbook? Because <laughs> Now, let me uh show you this about the promises of God. Go to the next passage. For as many as God's promises in Him, they are what? Yes and amen. The promise has to be received. It has to be As many as God's promises in Him, they are yes. The what? What does it say here? I'm sorry. Yes. Therefore also... I have to say this, y'all. I'm not a big fan of the NIV study Bible. But this passage of Scripture is one of the most accurate in the NIV. So if anybody's got an NIV in this translation, it really reads really accurate in the Greek. It says, as for as many as the prompts of God in him are there, yes, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. The amen is spoken by us. That's where you see this. Therefore, through him is our amen to the glory of God. Our amen. What does amen mean? So be it. Let it be. Let it be. So, i want to ask a question. You can't do anything. Who wants $10? Come and get it. Come get it. Okay. Now, open it up. Can I have this thing live
2: again? Did you get $10? Uh, I'd have to write my name on it. Huh? I'd have to write my
0: name well, on what it. What did you get? A check. You gave a check. It's a real check out of my bank account. This one is good. This one's not. <laughs> <laughs> out of my bank account for how much? $10. $10, okay. Now, I, I left the part out because I didn't know who was going to get up here and get the check. So Ben's got to write down the check. So, so does Ben have ten dollars? Not yet. Not yet. He's got he's got a promise of ten dollars, doesn't he? Now Ben's got a choice. He goes, he could go this. Oh, I forgot to date it. <laughs> well you can do that. But I did sign it. Okay. Now Ben could go. <laughs> I love Rick so much, Danielle. Why don't we frame this and put it behind our couch in our living room and remind of what? <laughs> yeah, my love for them. He could do that, right? But I don't think that'll happen. <laughs> but what can Ben? What will Ben do? What? Can you give him life? Or is he It's not it's dead. It's dead. It's uh battery's dead. dead. Oh there's gotta be something there. You can say it out loud. What? Take it to the bank. He can take it to the bank. Okay, so he takes this check to the bank. What is the he gonna be required to do? Huh? Okay. Can he get cash if he does not sign it? No. He's got to sign the check. He's got to sign the check. Now, the reality, like this passage of Scripture says, that, that check is signed and it's yes and amen. Ten dollars can be given to Ben just like that. All he has to do is sign it and put his name on it and date it. Sorry. And there may be something prophetic about that. I thought I left the date off. That's interesting that I did that. Because what God is saying to us, y'all, is we got it. We got Can I you have your other check, Danielle? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Don't stop here. Go here. Live here. Let's go for it. You got a question? I'm so sorry. No, no, that's all right. Go ahead, say it again. I
1: hate this attention. If you gave me a check and you don't know me and I don't know you, it would be very difficult for me to cash that check. I would almost be embarrassed to go to the bank because what if it wasn't real? If it was like a thousand, a million dollars or for a car. And from what God's telling me so strong in my spirit is we can have unbelief that keeps us from receiving the gift. But in Ephesians, faith is a gift also. So if we don't believe that this incredible, great God in Jesus, which I'm testifying is so real, yes. <laughs> if I start, I won't shut up, mm. but that if we say, help my unbelief, I don't believe that there would be a God that would actually want to be in every part of my life, please help me believe you because I don't believe you, that we can ask that, and that is a gift. And sometimes to receive Jesus, we need the gift of faith first
0: okay. yeah. for
1: some of us. Some of us are ready right now. What's the, here's a
0: question. The thing hit my heart. Y'all, start with small checks. Start with small checks. One time I asked the Lord for 10 cents for a newspaper. That was a major ordeal for me to ask 10 cents for a newspaper. But then there are periods of time where I was asking for a whole lot more down the road. Start small And, and build up. And then one of the things I want to show you here is that how this is truth that I'm speaking to you that notice this in uh, go to the next slide, please. That the checks, the promises of God can only be released by faith in this passage. But the Scripture has shut up everyone under sin, so that the promise, no, the promise, this check, the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who what? There's the answer that we asked a while ago. Why? has not the check for eternal life for everybody that's walking around in Christiansburg right now in the New River Valley, why is it not cashed? Because they have not what? Believed. But notice the next slide. For this reason, it is by faith In order that it might be in accordance with grace, that the promise may be guaranteed to all the descendants of Abraham. In other words, for this reason, it is by faith to take this check and receive it and access the grace of God. You will not download anything out of the. Re- I will not download anything out of the out of the bank of heaven, anything other than a promise and faith. No other way. It without faith, it is impossible to what. Please, God, those who come to Him must believe that. He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So, anyway, what I really heard the Lord saying, there's a whole bunch of deposit slips in here. Cool. That's cool. Deposit slips. They're not, they already filled out and been done. Jesus made the deposit question is, are we dating the checks and signing them? So this Christmas, I just the call is that I'm asking the Lord to bring about in our lives. Mitch, come on. I'm asking that, uh, that you and I, first off, if you've ever signed the check in relationship to the person of Jesus, you need to. Second thing is, I really hear this, and God was just doing this in my heart. He's going, Rick. Live out of the checkbook of heaven. Live out of the checkbook of heaven. Discover the checkbook of heaven. You remember how the prophets of old, what were they doing? They were what? They were looking intensely for this. Looking intensely. So, you know, I mean, that's one of the things that I do when I'm studying the Word of God. I, I'm just like looking for jewels. Okay, God, okay, God, Where, what, is what is this? What does this mean? What is it, God? Realities of heaven, Mitch. Go ahead.
2: So I just really want to encourage us. I think the 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 word of the Lord today is to receive. Uh, I pray that you know. Sometimes we think of checkbooks in relationship to money, and I pray that we get a view of the Lord even way beyond that. Of course, that's a facet facet that we live in facet, but the I mean, I love this scripture. That God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, that you might have an abundance for every good deed, uh, whether whatever that looks like in our lives. And so I just feel like that's—I mean—that's what I really want to pray that we would receive. This has been like we would, if we—you know—whatever that looked like in relationship to our life, you know, it's been like got up and grabbed that before anybody else could, <laughs> you grab the grace that God has given you. You know, don't let other people grab it for you. Don't expect other people to grab it for you. You go grab it. You receive it uh, by faith. You receive it. So I just want us to stand, and the prayer team, if we haven't, I can't remember. If we Hold have on, one. Mitch. I go just
0: want to, y'all, can I summarize this? I just want to make sure you catch this. Two things. Can y'all say it with me? The grace of God manifests itself in promise, a promise, in the person of Jesus, and also in promises for my everyday life. The grace of God is totally unmerited to favor to me, but I have to receive it by faith.
2: Amen? Amen also you know so if i can have some people that will come and pray that would be great uh, but also I, I i believe that we when we prayed earlier uh in, before this uh session we, we there was just a really a cry out for those that have not received the grace to be saved and if you are in this place and you have never made that uh, receiving type, place of receiving you need to receive the grace of god in relationship to salvation I just encourage you this is your day. Today is a day of salvation. And I want you to come and, and grab one of these after grab one of these people afterwards and we're just going to pray for, pray for you. Not going to make a you know crazy ordeal out of it, but we want you to come and find that place of grace. So let me pray uh, and for us. So Lord, we just I just pray for that God right now in Jesus name that God that Lord knowing that this grace is unmerited but also knowing that God we there's a place of receiving. God, of just as Ben received that, that gift of grace in that, in that check, God, I just pray that we would receive the gift of grace in your promises, the goodness of God, to be able to summons upon your kingdom, which is an abundant kingdom. God, you have so much abundance, abundance of love, abundance of grace, abundance of life, abundance of resources, yes, but God, so much more than that. God, you are so full of just life and life abundantly. God, even says that your loving kindness is better than life, God. So, Lord, Lord, I just pray you release the grace to receive that this morning, to receive the grace. God, I pray for those that have not made a decision for you, God, a decision to say yes to the grace of God for salvation. God, that salvation is a gift of, of grace to us. And maybe we've been just looking from the outside, saying we want it, but we just don't know how to really grab it. Today, I believe, is a day of salvation. So, Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name, God, for those that need to come forward and find me or find one of these prayer warriors in Jesus' name, God, to come forth and just say, today is the day of my salvation. I am receiving it. I am receiving it in faith. In Jesus' name. And, Lord, I just pray for those of us that just need to receive the facets of grace, God, for each of our lives, it will be different, God, that we would extend our hands and say yes, yes to your promises. We speak the amen to your promises. Lord, I just pray this would be a week, a month, a a Christmas season that we declare and we uh, claim, God, just receive, God, the, the gift of the graces that you're giving out, Lord the abundance of your resources. So, Lord, we love you. We bless you. We honor you. You are faithful. You are faithful. And, Lord, we just pray that, God, as we enter into this Christmas season, God, that we would continue to keep our eyes fixed on you, the author and perfective of our faith, and one that gives grace and abundance. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. amen. Have a great week.